Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Michael Reed on LMFM. Tuesday morning, the 10th of March. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. Stark warnings from government yesterday about the risk to public health. The Taoiseach says there's a lot about the coronavirus, COVID-19, that we don't know. But it is possible that we're facing uh, events that are unprecedented in modern times. The virus can't be stopped, but it can be slowed and the impact on it can be reduced. We have no treatment, no vaccine and no immunity. So this is as much going to be a societal response to slow the spread of the the virus as it is going to be a medical response. Three new cases of the disease were confirmed here yesterday. That brings the total of cases in this country to 24, 14 of which are associated with uh, travel outside of the country, seven of which arose in Ireland uh, as contacts with with a confirmed case. Uh, Two of them arose as uh, cases in a healthcare setting um, and three I think I've given you before uh, that have arisen as a community where we're not able to, to identify either a source in terms of uh, international travel or a source in terms of contact with a confirmed case. The government's chief medical officer Tony Holham. We are still in Ireland in the containment phase and we will stay in the containment phase for as long as is possible but we will move to the delay phase. Um, and the mitigation phase in the weeks ahead. The virus is now in every European country. St. Patrick's Day is cancelled and expect much more as it is estimated that up to as many as 60% of us could contract this disease. An epidemic close to a pandemic which has resulted in Italy, that's all of Italy, being put in lockdown. The virus has a foothold in so many countries The threat of a pandemic has become very real. But it would be the first pandemic in history that could be controlled. The bottom line is we're not at the mercy of the virus. The Director General of uh, the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom. Some of us are more vulnerable than others, however, older people at risk groups and people with compromised immune systems. As we have a general public health message which is directed at the general population and the behaviour that we, we are expecting and hoping that people will begin to adopt, either in terms of protecting and preventing for themselves or in terms of let's say, picking up the cases to begin with or ensuring that they respond appropriately when they develop symptoms, we're going to expand those messages out and target more towards particular groups in the way that you're describing. In other words, parents of young children, uh, people in the various different uh, risk groups that we've been identifying, older people and so on. We want to work through the stakeholder briefings and and, and organisations that attend those briefings to partner with them to help to get the message out in a more targeted way to each of those groups. 
And let's start that discussion now. Dr. Robert O'Connor is Head of Research with the Irish Cancer Society. He's on the line. A very good morning to you and thanks for joining us. And I imagine you are uh, representing those who are at particular risk and uh, like other at-risk groups, uh, there's different advice uh, that would be given to cancer patients. Um, I guess firstly uh, to to say I think we have to acknowledge that there is a huge community concern now around uh, this particular infection. Uh, Cancer patients, uh, those undergoing active cancer treatment are always at elevated risk of a variety of different infections, not just COVID, uh, not just the COVID-19 illness, uh, but flus and colds, etc. can be more serious. But there's a lot that uh, patients uh, and their immediate family members and friends can do to reduce um, the risk of them contracting these and, and other infections. Uh, and perhaps uh, you'd outline some of uh, the steps uh, that patients should be taking. Certainly, and, and I guess uh, to go through these, um, folks may forget them, so just some other sources that they can go for information. Our website, cancer.ie, um, has a, a link to all of the information. The HSE uh, website also has specific information uh, for cancer patients. And our free phone nurse line number 1-800-200-700 will uh, address any questions that people might have. So I suppose the measures uh, come down uh, at a community and an individual level. There's a lot we can do. This virus does not exist in the wind and does not just kind of blow around. It is passed from person to person. And we can break that transmission cycle um, by um, preventing the virus from getting in through our skin. Our skin is our primary barrier of protection against these and other infections. So things like regular washing of hands, and in particular washing of hands when coming into the home to make sure that there's no cross-contamination with, of, of home surfaces. Um, people uh, Avoiding people who are coughing or, or sneezing. If people are coughing or sneezing, they need to try and reduce the risk that they might um, spread on those particles. So coughing into the crook uh, of the elbow to stop, stop the spread. Um, being careful and washing hands uh, after uh, sneezing and coughing. Uh, people, I think, are going to have to adjust to social distancing. So that means no shaking hands, mm. uh, keeping apart from people, uh, and so on. Obviously, there's concern around certain uh, public areas where there could be an increased risk, although the majority of infection throughout the world has been seen um, at community level or in direct contact. So, in other words, somebody in your home getting it or, or somebody that um, you might have a, a much closer kind of contact with or be, or be seated beside and obviously, um, cancer can be a very difficult time for people and, and for their friends, and everybody wants to be supportive. But if somebody wants to visit a friend that has been treated for cancer, um, they need to think about, uh, are they at risk of giving that infection? So if they're unwell, they certainly should not go and, and visit uh, a friend and maybe just ring them instead and, and keep in touch through those kinds of ways. So um, those are just some... Mm. And there are a lot of things that people can do to break the transmission cycle of this infection. And for people who have cancer, and I imagine the advice would uh, apply to other vulnerable groups, uh, whether that's older people or other people with other underlying conditions, uh, should they uh, stay in more often uh, or uh, should they isolate themselves? Um, I, I guess it's, it's important to make some distinctions um, there. The virus is passed on by direct person-to-person uh, contact. As I said, it does not exist in the air. So going outside, going for a walk or a mm. run or, or that sort of thing, um, that is uh, certainly to be recommended. It, it's very important both for physical and mm. for mental health. What about getting on a bus, though? Keep going. Um, 
patients who are um, being treated for cancer who will have a, a reduced immune system would certainly want to think about that and, and think about are, are they going to be in a crowded environment uh, how long are they going to be in that environment uh, etc as well mm. it really is around knowledge of, of, of that we're not going to say that um, people who are being actively treated shouldn't be on, on public transport but in many cases they will be quite unwell from their treatment anyway, so they'll be yeah. less inclined um, to do that. What if they needed to travel to hospital by bus? Uh, should they look for an alternative way of getting there? The Cancer Society, we have fantastic um, volunteers uh, throughout the country uh, who every day bring people um, to their um, to, to clinics, for, for, in particular for chemotherapy uh, treatment. Um, so m- most patients will have access to that in the uh, in the background anyway as they're as they're undergoing um, their treatment. Okay, but you would uh, advise uh, that uh, people f- avoid that close contact with big groups that you would get, let's say, on a bus or a train or that sort of thing. I, I, I said it, it's really around the kind of a, a risk assessment that people need to look at. Where are they in their treatment? Because it's the treatment itself that it, it increases the risk. Uh, the other risks are really more associated with um, age and, and other mm. uh, comorbidities, other diseases that people might have. So we know that uh, people over 70 are, are elevated risk, people with conditions like high blood pressure or diabetes. Uh, and the risks there are not so much of a, a greater risk of them contracting it. There is a small uh, increase in that, but more that the, uh, the infection could be more serious in them. And I suppose the additional piece of advice there is if a patient does develop, um, in particular, a sudden rise in temperature or a fever, they need to very rapidly make contact uh, with healthcare professionals. Cancer patients on active treatment mm. will have a phone number for their clinic and they should make contact with that as they would normally, even before this pandemic. That would be um, very common. Um, and um, getting early intervention may be very important in reducing the impact of the illness. And uh, I suppose the more problems you have, the more vulnerable you are to contracting disease. this disease. So if you're a, an older person with diabetes and cancer, uh, well, then the risks are multiple, are they? Not so much multiple. I, I guess it actually it's, it's more to do, as I said, with those, um, those underlying conditions. Um, but there certainly is an elevated risk that if they get an infection, that it will be more serious. And this happens at the best of times. People who are older are more vulnerable to flus and colds. It takes them much longer um, to recover, and they may need more uh, intensive treatment. Uh, And what if somebody is undergoing treatment uh, for their cancer, if uh, they're receiving radiation or chemotherapy or something like that? uh, Are they all the more vulnerable again? They are, and I suppose for a period of time immediately after treatment and for a few weeks afterwards, their immune system and, and patients themselves, your, your listeners who are active patients at the minute will know about their white blood cell count or the neutrophil count and this word neutropenia. If their blood cell count goes down, they will be less able um, to deal with any infection. They're more likely to get um, infections and that's why they're counselled and schooled as they're going through treatment around the measures that I mentioned there about being careful and um, to avoid the risk of, of getting an illness and to make sure that they make rapid contact if they do start showing the signs. Okay, and as this progresses and as uh, the disease escalates uh, across uh, the country, which we're told to expect, uh, there's always the risk that this will get into hospitals. At that stage, then hospitals hospitals will have to consider if they should or should not treat cancer patients, I take it. 
Um, we're quite away uh, from that at the minute. And bear in mind that all of our major hospitals at any given time are dealing with lots of different types of cases and people with various infections. We've just come out of a reasonably moderate um, flu season. That saw several hundred people uh, hospitalised with consequences of a flu infection. So at any given time, a hospital is managing um, people with a variety of different illnesses, including infectious diseases. They have protocols to protect that. They are prioritising certain treatments. So you will see some hospitals at the minute have both closed to visitors and closed to elective and mm. procedures and outpatients, but they are still maintaining cancer services, dialysis services, etc. Um, so I, I suspect that's the kind of picture that we will see on a rolling basis, yeah. the prioritisation of people who have um, more severe illness. And I, I, I think some people have uh, a, a problem with that uh, to the extent that it's confusing because some have closed to visitors and some have not. Uh, and some co- countries are taking actions that others are, are not. Uh, it's very difficult to know uh, what should be done and what should not be done. Uh, but when you're looking at other countries, uh, there is uh, this question, is there not, Doctor, that uh, we have the choice of waiting until everybody gets sick uh, before we act uh, in the way that they're doing in Italy? Because that's uh, the, the stage that they're at now. Um, there's some very specific differences to the situation that exists in China, Iran, South Korea and Italy um, at the minute. Uh, and we can only go with what we have at the minute. The Italian infection was evident before Christmas um, in their hospital, uh, certain hospitals within their region. So they already, before it was identified, had a community level of infection. At the minute, the number of infections in Ireland remains small um, and um, prioritising care for people to make sure that they have their cancers treated or their dialysis or all of those other Mm. things is very important. So at the minute, Ireland remains in what's called a containment phase. So that means um, that um, there's uh, little evidence of community infection. There's only a small number of cases have been had in in very isolated places. In these high-risk regions in Italy, the numbers are dramatically um, higher um, and there are a lot more people in the community who have the infection. So we need to support um, our hospitals, support our, our healthcare professionals and the decisions that they will make on a dynamic basis. But we are not in the same situation as these places at the minute. And we need to make sure that people get um, appropriate um, health care. So you believe that we are actually a couple of months behind uh, the situation that Italy is in rather than a couple of weeks behind them? The, the government at the minute, uh, uh, and in particular the Department of Health who, who are running this, fully accept that we are dealing with an unprecedented um, situation and they are engaging with all stakeholders, including the Cancer Society. And what they are trying to do is blunt the um, the, the peak um, that has been seen in some of those other countries like um, Italy. If we can maintain that peak at a low level, our health service will continue to be able to manage both the infection and day-to-day activities. And that has to be the focus. We all have a, a, a personal and a community responsibility to play our part in doing this by reducing the chances of us getting it or passing it on to somebody else. And if we can keep those numbers at a lower manageable level over the coming weeks, um, we will be able to um, see our way through this and people will be supported with the best possible care, as they always are, and by our doctors and our nurses. Okay, that's a a big if, isn't it? Uh, And what if it's not, if it's if not? Um, I I think uh, plans are in place for those contingencies, but those contingencies need to be activated if and when we have the data um, to support them. We don't at the minute. We have a, a still a small number proportionately 
uh, of people who have been infected. There's ongoing testing, and that testing continues to show um, that there is not evidence of this infection within the community. We therefore need to make sure that people get treatment for their illnesses so that they don't succumb to those diseases and those illnesses and are given the best possible chance of, of a good outcome from whatever their health condition. Okay, Robert, thank you very much indeed for joining us here this morning. That's Dr. Robert O'Connor, Head of Research with the Irish Cancer Society. Michael Michael Reed Reed on on LMFM. LMFM.